Blog Talk Radio. Archangels, Ghosts, and Bigfoot, oh my, it's just another night for Supernatural Girls. Real stories, real answers to life's biggest supernatural mysteries. And now, for another exciting interview with paranormal experts from this world and others, here's your host, paranormal researcher Patricia Baker, on the one, the only, Supernatural Girls. Welcome, everyone, to another exciting episode of Supernatural Girls Radio. I'm your host, Patricia Baker, and I am here alone again because PK is still recovering. God bless her. She's at home, though, so she has a lot of good round-the-clock care, and she's feeling better, making progress. You know, they, they get her up and have her do physical therapy so that she can get back to normal. She's so happy to be home. And again, says hello to everybody in the audience, and a special thank you to the people that have reached out and sent her get well messages. Really means a lot to her. So I'm hoping we'll be able to have her back on the show by next week, along with covert disclosure. We've been waiting for covert disclosure to answer some of the burning questions that we've had about missing people, about cryptids, and this guy, he's on the inside of it all. So. He has been recording answers that he's going to send to us. We will then give you what the questions are, and we're going to play his answers because he has to hide his identity. He can't be on the show. It's going to be a great show, though, and I know you don't want to miss this one. So tonight, though, oh, my gosh, we've got a great guest. We just had her on recently talking about relationships, and now we have June back. She's a psychic medium. And she's going to be talking about her paranormal adventures, her personal paranormal adventures. You know, she's experienced everything from haunted houses to haunted relationships. She's known as a (laughs) Massachusetts medium, and she's the author of A Night on the Other Side and Dancing with the Universe, The Making of a Medium. Now, she's also a keynote event speaker, a teacher, author, and a fabulous relationship coach she's the best of the best and she's with us tonight and before i bring her on just want to remind everybody please go to our facebook page and like and follow us there follow us on twitter we also are starting a tiktok page we're going to be doing a supernatural minute every week so be sure to sign up for that so that you can have some fun with us on tiktok and i also wanted to say tonight June is going to be talking about her personal adventures. She is not doing live readings. She will answer questions, however, about paranormal situations that you may have and you may want her insight about. Um, But, again, she is not doing readings on the air tonight. So, June, welcome to the show. Hi, Pat. How are you tonight? I'm doing great. I'm just so happy to be talking to you. My goodness. We had such a fun time with you a month or so ago. This is, and this, now, this is, this is great. This is great. I, I just have such a lot of fun on your show. It's fantastic. Uh, well, thank you. It's just a pleasure to have you back. And 
you know, your whole life has been one big paranormal adventure, but why don't you start at least fill the audience in that might have missed your last show when you talked about your early life and your family and how everything kind of went sideways. Sure. Uh, but you come yeah. from a family that is talented in this area, so please share what happened. Well, well, um, you know, no one's ride is really in a straight line, I guess, or pretty normal when it comes to growing up. <laughs> Some people have it a little bit, you know, tougher than others, or a little more different than others, I guess. Um, but I didn't grow up with my mom. Uh, my dad had kidnapped um, me and four of my brothers and sisters when we were younger. And I didn't have contact with my mom for at least 13 or 14 years and then was told she was crazy. Well, uh-huh. the reality of it was that my mom is a medium. She, she was a medium. My mom passed away uh, a year and a half ago now at Christmas at 93. And I got to know her very, very well prior to her passing. And she was a trained medium. And um, she was very gifted and very talented, so I, I assume I've got a good part of my um, inherited talents from her side of the family, at least. But, you know, I've been, I was like this, I was born like this. And everyone has psychic ability, everyone has mediumship ability. It's really a matter of how much you develop it. And when you're a child and you're, hearing people's voices and you're seeing people at night and they're around your bed in the morning, it is frightening. And when you don't have anyone to talk to about it or no one believes you, it's that much more frightening. And it, it is. When, there's no doubt about it. And so here you are in the family. Were any of your brothers or sisters having these experiences or just you? Well, I, I don't think I, I don't know. I, I had a sister that was a year younger than me. She passed away about nine or ten years ago, and she used to tell me that she had seen aliens in the house and things, which maybe she did. Um, I don't know. I didn't. But we didn't really talk about it a lot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know I have an older sister that is extremely gifted, and I have a, my youngest brother is very, very gifted as well. But neither one of them want anyone to know that they have any abilities. And that's a a shame in society that people that you know are gifted with the abilities that we have are pretty much shunned and ridiculed and you know I had an experience when my abilities opened back up for me that you know I really made me know and understand that this was the path for me and I blocked my abilities most of my life out of fear and they were always in the background, and I was drawn to haunted vacations, and you name it, I've been there, the Wally House, the Queen Mary, I've slept on it. You name it, I've been there. It was, okay. and, and I was drawn to it and scared to death of it at the same time, okay? Yeah. And my abilities opened back up when I started to meditate. And again, I was frightened to death and didn't know what to do and couldn't control it and couldn't turn it off and was waking up in the morning with 50 people around my bed and a parade coming through my bedroom. <laughs> and I, seriously, and it's scary as all hell, you know? Yeah. Um, and, but, you know, it's funny because the universe always has a plan and things always work out the way that they're supposed to if people follow their instincts, which is their psychic ability, and trust the universe. And when the student is ready, the teacher will appear. And I was blessed to have a wonderful teacher in my life who taught me how to control my abilities, um, how to turn them on and off, who I was talking to on the other side, 
And when she couldn't teach me anymore, the other side took over and they taught me from the other side. So my education, for the most part, does not come from this world. It comes from the other world. Um, I was I did better. pass away when I yeah I mean I passed away when I was 27, um, and I was on the other side for a short period of time and was told it was not my time and that I could come back if I wanted to and I did come back for my children, but having been on the other side I'm very familiar with what it's like and have the ability through meditation to be able to um, astral project and go back to the fifth dimension at any time, which is a wonderful gift that they've given me as well. So I read Akashic Records, and anyone that does read Akashic Records, they are not on this plane. They are in the fifth dimension, which is the lowest realm of heaven. So now, how did you I die? What gifted. happened? Um, I, was, um, I actually had hurt my back when I was um, 21, <clears throat> and I had ruptured three discs in my back, and I suffered with it for five years through two pregnancies that I was bedridden and oh was told God. that if I wanted to have another child, then I had to have this disc removed or it was going to explode in my back. And I was definitely, I just knew I was going to die if I had the surgery. And that's why I wouldn't have it. And I kept putting it off. But mm-hmm. the, the urge to procreate was stronger than death. So I wanted another child, exactly, so I decided to have the surgery. And the night before the surgery, they do a dye test for the MRI, and I told them that I think I'm allergic to this dye. I had it once before, and I had a very, very severe reaction to it, and their comment was that it was common. Don't worry about it. Oh, and my God. as soon as they inject, yeah, as soon as they, they don't use that dye on the weekends anymore, <laughs> that's what I'm told. I bet they don't. <laughs> But as soon as they injected me, I did code, and I left my body immediately. And I could see everything that was going on. I could hear everything that was going on, not just in the room, but in the entire hospital at that point. And that's when I ended up um, going up to what I believe, I either hit the fourth or fifth dimension, I'm not sure which. I think I was in the fifth. And um, that's when I was told that, you know, I could come back. I didn't belong there. I could see everything that was happening. Couldn't feel anything because I wasn't in my body. And when I decided that I wanted to stay, I was back in my body almost immediately. And the doctor was like, "You are so lucky." Of course, he wasn't. A, he was a resident. <laughs> He's like, "If this wasn't the end, the last, you know, the end of my month of my residency, he goes, you wouldn't be here." And I felt like saying, buddy, if I didn't want to come back, I wouldn't be here, believe me. Yeah, <laughs> right, right. Now, when you went to the other side, were you greeted by any particular beings? I mean, a lot of people I, talk I about... I was not. They were, they were behind me, not in front uh-huh. of me, because my life, my life was literally flashing in front of me. And I was seeing everything that was going on in the hospital. Uh, but they were behind me. But since then, and I've gone back up, you know, I, I, I see angels. I've, my first angel that I ever saw was a choir angel. Um, absolutely incredible. I see archangels. Um, I, I've, I, I read Akashic records. So the first time that I actually got there, I had no idea where I was. And the person that greeted me that guards the Akashic records and helps me get into the record room is what I know now to be a Palladian. I had no idea what a Palladian was. Um, 
I described what I saw to someone else who had more knowledge than I, and they're like, wow, yeah, that's a Palladian. <laughs> wow. And, yeah, I mean, he's a little intimidating. He's a wonderful per- wonderful spirit, wonderful soul, whatever he is. <laughs> I'm still a little intimidated every time I go. I really have not looked into his face ever because he's so big. Um, <laughs> I hear they're quite but, tall. Uh, yeah, Radio. he's very, very tall, and almost, you know, with with the with the garb that he has on, he's almost cylindric, cylindrical, and mm-hmm. uh, you know, a beautiful baby blue or a, a deeper blue, um, and he keeps his hands underneath of his uh, garment as well. So I don't know what his hands look like either. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I said, I've really been a little too intimidated ever to look at his face. I've never seen his face. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's very helpful to me, and I'm well aware that, you know, other beings do exist. Um, but when I started doing readings, um, oh, like everybody else that starts out, you need experience. So I was going from venue to venue doing the readings for $25, you know, for 15 minutes or whatever it is. And um, I ended up at uh, the Newport... VFW Hall, I believe it is, in Newport, Rhode Island. And I was there the first year, and um, everything was great. And the second year that I went back, they do it on New Year's Eve, um, I had done my readings. I was absolutely exhausted. Um, I had a line because everybody had heard about me from the year previous. And I noticed this older woman that was probably in her late 80s, and um, I learned was her daughter, go sit at a side table about an hour before I had finished up doing readings. Mm -hmm. (coughs) And I'm packing, I'm done, I'm packing up, and the girl comes over and she says, oh, you're done for the night? I said, oh, my God, yes. I said, I'm absolutely exhausted. I've been doing readings every 15 minutes straight through for the last eight hours. And she's like, oh, well, do you think maybe you could do one more reading? She goes, my mom's been waiting for like an hour. And I, what am I going to say, right? Yeah. So I'm like, sure, bring her, up, bring her over. <laughs> okay. So she brings her mother over and has her sit down. And uh, she's like, well, I'm going to go sit over here so I can give my mom some privacy. I'm like, fine. So she just sits at the table behind. So I, you know, I asked everybody that sat down, did you want to do a reading or did you want to do mediumship? And she blurts out, I want to talk to my son. Like, okay. So, well, would you like to talk to your dad for us? I said, because he's been standing over there next to you at that other table for like the last hour. She's like, oh, okay. So I'm like, well, you know, I explained how mediumship works for me and how they come through for me. So I said, Mm -hmm. you know, did you, did your dad have one of these cars that like hand cranks? And she's like, I have no idea. I said, well, did he have some occasion to be wearing a top hat, a tuxedo, and carry around one of these little tiny, you know, canes that's like a prop? And she's like, yeah. I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> I'm like, okay. I said, and your mom and dad were very much in love before they passed. I said, because I believe this is your mom that just came in and put her arm around him. She goes, yeah, they were. I said, your mom, I said, is wearing a mink stole, a big ball gown, and a crown on her head. And she's like, 
Yep, I have that picture over my fireplace. I'm like, oh, oh my God, you can't make this shit up, right? No, you can't make right. it up. So the father proceeded to say how disappointed he was that, you know, um, there was no one to carry on the family name because he had one son, and this was his daughter, and his son didn't have any children. <clears throat> so the next thing that happens is, she says again, well, I'd like to talk to my son. I said, well, let's call him again. And I have her call him by his name. And I describe the next person that shows up. Well, I describe the next person. And she goes, oh, no, that's not my son. That's my brother. So I'm like, okay. Talking to her brother for a second. I said, do you, I said he was murdered. She goes, yeah, we know that. I said, oh. well, do you, want to know who murder, do you want to know who murdered him? She's like, no, we think we got the right person in prison. I'm like, okay. <laughs> she oh, my goes, God. I said, well, your brother showed up to let your dad know that the family name was, in fact, carried on. He has two illegitimate children. Oh, my God. Uh, one, of them, yeah, one of them is with a woman that he was with for many years that you know who it is. And she's like, oh, my God, that was his kid. I'm like, well. And the other one, um, he does not want to give you the name, and he does not want you to say anything to anyone. He doesn't want to disrupt these families' lives. She's like, okay. And he wanted to thank her for taking care of him because apparently she was more a mother to him than her own parents. And she confirmed that and said that, yes, my parents were debutantes. And um, they just lived the social scene, and I ended up having to raise my brother. Okay? Wow. But I really want to talk to my son. I really want to talk to my son. Like, okay, let's try him one more time. And that didn't work. So I talked to her, her brother, and I asked her brother to go get her son. So I could literally see her brother go into the crowd of people that there is around every time you know, someone wants a reading and grab this kid by the arm and drag him up next to me. <laughs> and, he's, yep, and he stood there with his head down. Um, and when someone doesn't come up right away from me, that's an indication that they either think you're angry at them or mm-hmm. they feel that they somehow let you down. Yeah. <clears throat> okay. And, and it's also a sign of um, a lot of people that committed suicide for me. That's their signal. They'll, they'll come up to me with their head down because they're ashamed. Mm-hmm. So right. when he came up, I, lo- I looked and I said, is there some reason that he would think that you would be mad at him? And she's like, yep, I know why. And I'm like, don't tell me. I said, you know, he seems to think that you're angry. I said, do you think he committed suicide? And she goes, yes, I do. And as soon as she said that, his head popped up, and he started, I didn't commit suicide. It was an accident. And his mother starts bawling. The sister starts bawling. Now the sister comes up, and she starts with, I knew it was an accident. She goes, the police kept saying it was suicide. She goes, he was happy. He had a girlfriend. Um, he had dinner on the dinner on the stove cooking. He had the TV on. So I asked him a couple of questions, and he said that he had been on medication, and they changed his medication. And his mother confirmed that, that he had some bipolar issues, and they had changed his medication. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but he said it was an accident. I did not kill myself. So now I asked him what happened, and he started to show me, and I'm like, this cannot be right. I'm like, so I looked at his mother. I'm like, somehow he lost his head. And she's like, 
yes, he did. And I'm like, oh, my God, you're kidding me. And so now he showed me what happened. And apparently he had been watching something on television with them juggling chainsaws. And he went out to the barn and he could juggle the chainsaw. And the chainsaw slipped and he severed his head. Exactly. Oh, my God. Talk about bizarre. I mean, you can't make this stuff up. No, that is such a strange, strange way to die. And, and the mother is bawling her eyes out, saying, I thought I caused him to kill himself. And I'm like, no, you didn't. She goes, I've, I, I've asked to see him in my dreams. He doesn't come. I said, because he didn't know what to say to you. We thought you were angry at him. So he yeah. went over and gave his mom a hug. <clears throat> and I said, he'll be able to come to you in your dreams now. You can talk to him. I said, now that he, you know that he didn't kill himself and... He knows that you're not angry at him. He thought you were very angry with him. Um, you can now be able to have that, you know, you both got closure. So then I asked her after, I said, this happened more than 40 years ago. I said, why didn't you come to see someone like me sooner, you know, to be yeah. able to get closure and talk to him? Right. And her answer was that she has gone to see every medium she could find for the last 40 years, and no one has been able to bring him through for her. Oh, my goodness. So that, well, thank goodness that, you were able to that do was, that. That was a huge turning point for me. It was like I came from the corporate world. I don't care what anybody says about me. I, they could call me as crazy or friggin' loony bin. I don't give a shit. If I had been able to help this woman 40 years ago, she would not have had the terrible life that she had. You could see how it had just destroyed her in the last 40 years, thinking that she caused her child to kill himself. It was terrible. Uh, well, thank goodness you were it able to straighten that out while she was still alive. Terrible. And, oh, my God, what a gift. What a gift. But, you, you know, and that's why I encourage anybody that has this gift, you have it for a reason. Follow it. Use your intuition. Let the spirit guide you. Let the teachers teach you. Um, it's not something to hide. It's something to use to help people. So that evening, um, the uh, Newport Paranormal Society was also giving tours of the lodge. And they had heard about my abilities and came down and asked me if I would mind going up to the third floor and seeing what I could find because they knew it was haunted by a small girl of about 10 years old. And I'm Mm -hmm. like, sure, why not? (laughs) So... I originally just went up with the person that asked me. And as we were heading up the stairs, we got to the first landing, and I stopped, and he kept going. And I'm like, where are you going? Don't you see these people? He's like, what? I'm like, you don't see these two people standing here? He's like, you know, suddenly it's like you forget that everyone can't see what you see. Right. I'm like, there's a man and a woman standing here. I said, "They're, they're black slaves in their outfits. I'm like, he's like, Really? I'm like, yeah. I said, there's a little, their little girl died on this staircase. She fell down this staircase and broke her neck, and it was like a back service staircase. And they're like, we have all kinds of weird things happen on this staircase, and they've heard a little girl crying. I said, well, that's what it is. And it was their daughter. So they are here, up here, and she's still down on the staircase, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. And this was before I had had a lot of training and knew about moving people into the light and all that stuff, or I would have tried. 
So as we continued on, we started going up the stairs, and unbeknownst to me, he started calling in a camera crew, and they started recording me because I wasn't really paying attention to anything else that was going around me other than what I was watching. Right. And as we started going up the stairs and down the hallways, I'm like, this place must have been a brothel. I said, every room I'm looking into and every door I open, there's a prostitute in the room. Oh and he's like, well, <laughs> he's like, well, apparently before the lodge was built here, there was a hotel on the property, and the hotel was known as a brothel. So this is what I was tapping into. Yeah. And we... We get to the last room, and I go in, and I see a woman in there in the dark, and she's not very happy. She's a little angry. And as soon as I tried to go in the room, she slammed the door on me, and I pushed the door open and went in anyways. And then as soon as I turned around to go back out, she kind of, like, pushed the door on me again. So then we went in the next room. We had a little girl that was 10 years old that had been haunting, and they had a chair set up with some toys on it, and they had little toys on the floor outside the closet door, and they had a flashlight for her to turn on and off, which she had been doing mm-hmm. um, to answer questions for them. And they wanted to know about the little girl. So um, basically the woman that was in the last room that was a prostitute was the little girl's mother. Okay. And, when, yeah, and as a prostitute, she was not supposed to have a child in the brothel. Um, she got pregnant by someone. And she would hide the little girl in the closet when she was working or whenever the man that owned the brothel would come up and you could hear him coming because he had heavy boots. You could hear his footsteps. And that would scare her and she would back into the closet and hide. Well, Mm -hmm. at one point in time, he saw her. She came out and he saw her. And the mother got beaten for it. So after that, the mother chained the little girl up to the radiator all the time. The big, you know, the big iron, cast iron radiators. Right. And so the little girl died in the room of, uh, I believe it was typhoid fever or yellow fever, one or the other. Um, yep. I was able to give them her name and date of birth and date of passing, which they did go check out and confirm in the cemetery. Then they asked me to go into the attic area. So as I'm going up to the attic area, I start almost, I ended up in a trance. It was the first time that it ever happened to me, um, doing trance mediumship. And the entire attic was full of slaves. <laughs> so I told them, I said, this was part of the Underground Railroad. And they're like, yeah, we've heard that before. And they wanted a description of everyone that was in the attic, um, which was mostly women and children. However, there were some, some younger men in there that seemed mm-hmm. like they were somewhat retarded, um, and one that had a serious injury, he, he had lost half of an arm and one eye. Um, and the reason that they were there was because it was the only safe place they knew of when they were alive. Mm-hmm. So when they died, they automatically went back there because it was oh, a safe zone okay. for them. Yep, that makes sense. So the place was full, absolutely full. Um, and then they had found a box in there that they wanted to know what the contents was were in there. So I let them know what had been in the box. Uh, 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 now, I don't really remember what it was at this point in time. Um, but, yeah, it was very, very interesting. And it was very draining for me because mm-hmm. it was the first time I had ever done transmediumship like that or seen anything like that, you know, an attic full of people. It was a learning curve for me. 
Yeah, that's Well, you know, I, I really like the way the way you work with these people on the other side also because you're able to go and, you know, get the people that need to be talked to, like you did find the son, you know, going through the brother and yeah, you know, I appreciate that and I'm sure your clients do too, because there's so many mediums that well, we've had on the show and they'll only just talk to whoever shows up. Well that May not be the reason no, no. that the person came for the reading, you know. And I don't, I don't like to do that because I spend a lot of time playing charades trying to figure out who that person is. Yeah. You know, I have the ability to think through anybody that anyone wants to talk to. So, and every, anybody does because as soon as you say their name, they show up. It's that simple. Right. Um, right. Like you said, unless you know, they're ashamed or they feel like they've disappointed somebody, yeah, they may exactly, have a harder time showing exactly. up. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, I had a woman come for a reading one day for me, and it was basically about her life and business and blah, blah, blah. And after, I'm like, did you want to talk to anybody from the other side? She's like, oh, whoever shows up. So now I'm describing the woman that shows up, okay? And this is Mm -hmm. how it goes when you do that. And I'm describing this woman who has her hair up in a bun, and she's about um, 50 years old, and she's wearing a prom-type dress. She's like, I have no clue. So I'm like, yeah. well, I think she may have been a neighbor of yours. She's like, nope, not a neighbor of mine. I said, for some reason, she's connected to your mom. Probably, maybe she was your mom's neighbor. She goes, my mom didn't know any of her neighbors. I'm like, okay. Huh? I said, well, she's showing me herself out in the garden. And uh, for some reason, well, first she told me, um, what was it? I want to say it was St. Patrick's Day. I said, St. Pa- she's showing me green uh, shamrocks. I said, St. Patrick's Day. She goes, that means nothing to me. I'm like, okay. Oh, I said, she's showing me out in the, I said, she's showing me a garden. She's out there cutting roses. I said, for some reason. She goes, no, I don't know anything about cutting roses either. I'm like, okay. Oh. I said, so you don't know who this woman is at all. She's like, I have no idea. All of a sudden it clicked. Oh my God. She goes, this is my mother's neighbor's daughter i go visit her every year on saint patrick's day and i bring her a dozen roses this is her mother i've never met her mother she goes but when i walk into her door there's one picture in her house and it's a picture of a woman in basically like a prom dress with her hair up and that's her mother i'm like well there you go and the message isn't even for her message is for the the, woman the woman's daughter the next door her mother's next door neighbor that's who the message is for, okay? Right. Uh, but this is, how, you know, they, they wanted to make a connection. They knew she could get the message, so they show up, and you spend 20 minutes doing charades yeah, because they don't know who she is. Exactly, uh, and that's why I don't like to work that way. It's just a yeah, lot of waste no, of time. I think that, yeah, that's why. I mean, why? Because it's a waste of time. It's much better, you're right, when people come in and say, I want to talk to my son, my brother, my father, my sister, I mean, whatever. I'm happy that, you know, I'm happy that she was able to get the message to the person she wanted to get the message to, but it was a long way around. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. But we've got a yeah. couple of people waiting online to talk to you. And, again, just want to let everybody know that's waiting to speak with June tonight. She's not doing mediumship readings on the air. Um, but she will answer your paranormal questions or if you've got something going on you want her advice about. So let's bring 850 on the air. Hi. Who's this? Hello. Hello. Hi. My name is Keisha. 
Hi, Keisha. Do you have a question for June tonight? Um, I want to find a job. I was wondering, do you see me getting a job to help me with my move? Move is at a, a couple more months away, but I'm, I would love to have a job to kind of get some extra money out of my job. I'm not really sure I'm hearing the whole thing, but I don't. The whole thing, I, don't, I, don't I, don't, I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't think. Hello. Think it's a paranormal question. Uh, what I what oh, no, I heard Keisha say is she's she's asking about a job. She wants to get a job. Yeah. Is that right, I'm not, Keisha? I'm not, I'm not doing. I'm not doing psychic readings right yeah. now. I'm doing paranormal questions. Right, right. I so apologize. All right. That's Thank okay. you so much, though. Uh, Stay blessed. That's all right, Keisha. Uh-huh. But, you know, you can reach out to June on her website, and she is available for readings there. So don't hesitate. I think uh, you'd be very happy. June's one of the very best. She's one of the very best. Yeah, she sounds like it. She has a lot of stories to tell. <laughs> yeah, okay, so I'll it's uh, well, yes. watch out for JuneEdward.com, yeah. and you can you can schedule with her there. Okay. 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 Sounds good. Thank you so much. Thanks for Bye-bye. your call. Okay. Uh-huh. Okay. All right. And we have another call. And, I, again, June's not doing psychic readings or mediumship readings, but she's just answering questions about the paranormal tonight. So I'm going to bring this person live on the air. It looks like a Skype call. Hi, you're live on the air. Who's this? Hi, this is Kelly. How are you? Hi, Kelly. Do you have a question for June? Yes. Okay. So, uh, in regards to paranormal, no, the paranormal, normal, I say normal, saying it wrong. <laughs> Sometimes I pick up other people's energy, and if it's good energy, I don't mind. But if it's negative energy, it just drives me insane. I don't want to go near these people. Okay. How do you? What do? What do I need to do to remove negative energy? So you're probably what's known. You're probably what's known as an empath. And empaths are very um, sensitive to other people's energy. And you are absolutely right. You're absorbing it. Okay. It's so first sick. of all, you want to avoid it as much as you can. But what I recommend is, um, whenever you're feeling it, and being an empath, you're going to feel it more often than not. Um, I, if you can't do it daily, then at least a few times a week, get yourself some sea salt and rub it on your body before you take a bath or a shower. Don't put it in your bath water. Rub it on your body itself when you get in the bathtub. Um, Mm -hmm. Same thing in a shower. Just rub it on your skin the way it is. Don't dissolve it. And what happens with with energy is this. Energy has um, negative energy has negative ions, and sea salt has positive ions. So the positive ions for the sea salt, neutralize the negative ions from negative energy and get rid of it immediately. Okay. That's, so how you, just, that's how you get rid of it. Okay. So just before a shower or a bath, just rub the sea salt all over. How long should I do all that? Body. All over you don't body. have to leave it on at all. You don't have to leave it on at all. Just rub it. You'll feel it immediately start to neutralize. Okay. It's that fast. Ooh, okay. That is the fast way to get rid of it. Okay, I'm going to start doing that today. I actually have to okay, consult. <laughs> Great. Super. Yep, you'll, you'll, you'll see it immediately. Oh, 
my gosh. It's just sometimes it's just, and these people are very low energy, very low energy. Yeah, and it's, and it's overwhelming to someone that's absorbing it all, and it's going to bring you right down. It lowers your energy, and you don't want it to do yeah. that. No, no, not at all. Well, that's okay. a great question, and June gave a great answer, so thank you so much for your call. Okay, thank you so much. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks, June, for helping her out with yeah. that. What a great idea with the salt. That sounds absolutely easy to do and very powerful. Yep. Absolutely. That's great. That's great. So I know you mentioned when we were talking off the air that you had two really big paranormal experiences that you were going to talk about tonight. So are you I ready did. I'm going to delve? talk about the, I'm going to talk about the scariest one first. Okay. <laughs> Here we go. Just in case we run out of time, I'll talk about the serious one first. Okay. And I'll I tell you what, before, before, yeah. we, before you start, June, this is what I'm going to do. Since you're going to get into this great story, I'm going to run our commercials now. So we're going to take a very short commercial okay. break, everybody, and sit tight to hear this amazingly frightening story from June. <laughs> we will be right back. You're listening to Supernatural Girls Radio. Pure essential oils, specialized minerals, and a revolutionary anti-aging technology. Astridium combines the best of all scientifically proven ingredients in easy-to-use creams, lotions, and concentrated serums. Astridium's advanced line of products take your skin to a new level of being healthy and beautiful. We offer a variety of collections that address all your skin concerns. The Essential Anti-Aging Series treats and moisturizes your skin for a long-lasting, younger look. The Multivitamin Series promotes healthy skin with high-quality vitamins and minerals. The Sports Series restores skin from cellular damage and stress. Astridium also offers a revitalizing solution for hair and a professional series for doctors and medical spas. Visit astridian.love today and begin your new journey to healthy, beautiful, youthful skin. Astridian, beyond your expectations. There are a lot of psychics out there. How do you decide which one is right for you? You look for someone who empowers you, who's practical and spiritually connected, who says, here are your opportunities, here are your challenges, and here's a way to deal with them, and then gives you your own toolbox to make your life everything you want it to be. Hi, I'm Corby Mitleid, and that's how I work with you. As a certified professional tarot reader, I've helped thousands of people for over 40 years through my toolbox. Cards, past life retrieval, numerology, spirit guide conferences, and mediumship. Whether it's career, relationships, finances, or your spiritual road, Together, we can replace your confusion with clarity. And you'll probably find a little laughter along the way. Visit me at CorbyMitlide.com to find out how to cross your bridge from fear to fearlessness and fly. And tell me you found me at Supernatural Girls for a special gift with your reading. Corby Mitlide, the practical psychic for catching your tomorrows today. Find me at CorbyMitlide.com. That's CorbyMitlide.com. Your property tax bill. Have you seen it lately? It's frightening. Your property taxes are going up while your home value is going down. It's time to fight back and win. 
For the real truth about the property tax system, get attorney Pat Quintilian's book, Are You Getting Screwed on Your Property Taxes? How to Find Out and How to Fix It. Attorney Quintilian answers all your questions and gives you the facts you need to fight a property tax bill that is spiraling out of control. You'll also read about what happens to property owners who don't check their property records, only to find out too late they're taxed on square footage, fixtures, and even buildings that they don't own. Is this happening to you? Learn your rights. Buy Attorney Pat Quintilian's book today. Are you getting screwed on your property taxes? How to find out and how to fix it. Available on Amazon.com. Are you frustrated with endless mantras, affirmations, and processes that promise to align your life with your dreams only to find yourself years later in the same space where you began? Do you feel like you must be doing something wrong because nothing seems to be working? Don't you just wish that someone could shift your consciousness for you and your life could align with your desires without all the effort? Well, your wish is about to come true. Hi, I'm Carrie Cannon, and I have a gift that allows me to align the consciousness of others to be in harmony with their dreams. The best part is, it requires no particular effort on your part. Upon listening to a consciousness alignment, people have reported instant energy shifts, financial windfalls, soulmate connections, healed relationships, physical healings, and more. To gain access to a free trial offer for my entire Manifesting Miracles Library of Consciousness Alignments, go to commandmiracles.com now for details. Again, that's commandmiracles.com for information about our free trial offer. That's commandmiracles.com. Welcome back, everyone, to Supernatural Girls Radio. I'm your host, Patricia Baker. I am here with a great guest tonight. I'm totally enjoying this conversation. We are having a supernatural <laughs> evening with psychic medium June Edward, Adventures from Beyond. And, June, you're about to share a very frightening story, so I'm on the edge of my seat, and I know everybody else is too. <laughs> well, this so. was very frightening for me, okay? And everything that I do ends up being a major learning curve for me and hopefully for other people. So I have consulted with paranormal groups around the entire country, Canada, and the U.K. And I had someone contact me from Canada that is an author of about a dozen um, paranormal books. And he was working on a book about a barn, and I want to say it's somewhere around Montreal or Quebec, (coughs) and the barn was extremely haunted and um, they knew that there had been a murder in the barn, but they didn't know what it entailed or what the whole backstory was. So the first thing that he sent me was a picture when they were taking pictures of the inside of the barn, they literally had a spirit stick their face right in the camera. And they had a full-body apparition of this little boy with glasses of about 10 years old. And he wanted my insight as to whether or not I could help identify who this boy was. So I got flooded with a lot of information. 
Um, you know, the barn apparently had been owned by a very prominent family in town, which he was able to confirm. They owned a local insurance company, and the family was still in town and operating it. And what I got was that this boy had been molested by a family member and uh-huh. hung, literally, and murdered in the barn. Oh, my God. And his spirit was um, still in the barn and haunting it. And they were trying to identify him, which they were unable, you know, they were unable to track down this child's picture. And basically what I, what they put, what I put them onto was it was a school picture from um, like an elementary school when you have your picture taken at the year, end of the yes. year yes. in the book. That's what, that's what this was. So they were able to track down the identity. Um, but then he sent me other pictures from the main house where the barn was. And he did not understand how dangerous the paranormal is, bottom line, okay? Mm-hmm. He sent me a scribing bowl to look at and asked me what I saw in the scribing bowl and did not tell me that the house had been occupied by a sorcerer. Oh, uh, back in back in the 1800s, 17, 1800s. That changes everything. And well, you know, for your for someone that has no knowledge um, of anything, they don't know whether or not they should say anything. And mm-hmm. you know, when you have a witch, a warlock, a sorcerer, when they're alive, they have a lot of power. But when they're dead. Their soul has more power than their body ever did. Oh. Okay. Really? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. They're on the other side, and they're not, they're not contained by a body anymore. And okay. they're pure evil. They're pure evil. So he sent me this picture of a scribing bowl, and I just did my regular layer of protection and asking Archangel Michael to protect me. I didn't do any other layers of protection because I had no idea I was looking at um, you know, a scribing bowl from a home where a sorcerer lived. And as I'm describing everything that I'm seeing in the scribing bowl, and I was seeing a lot of things in there, literally, I mean, I, I was on the phone with him for maybe 10 minutes. And in that 10-minute time, I developed a, 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 a sty in my left eye. That swelled oh up to the point of my of my eye closing completely oh, in less than thirty wow. minutes. Yeah, which is almost unheard of. Yes. And that was that was the sorcerer attacking me. And when you think back, what what is the first thing they used to do back in the old days, right? They they put a sty in your eye, right? Oh, <laughs> that's exactly gosh. that's exactly what he did to me. And you know, I had that sty for over a month. Oh good lord! But I gave him That's and awful. I gave him a lot of info. It was terrible. I gave him a lot of information from scribing bowl, from what I was seeing, that was able to put him on the right track for his book. But I let him know. I said, "You don't hold information back, you know, in the future. That's pretty serious and pretty yeah. dangerous. You know, people think that spirits can't harm you, and let me tell you something: spirits can kill you." They're nothing to play with. Absolutely nothing to play with. They're extremely dangerous. 
Well, especially these these uh, ones because this one was a sorcerer in real life, and exactly now, like you said, passed away, and there's nothing holding him back now. So exactly, yeah, that's terrible. So he attacked me for giving the information. Um, and when I explained this to him, the guy was like, yeah, I know. They already destroyed my entire life. And I'm like, <gasps> well, you should have warned me. <laughs> it would have been nice. Now, why, though, yeah, was he upset very... about you giving the information, June? I mean, why not have that information out there? You're talking about the little boy and how he was molested and then murdered. Well, I mean, yeah, but the, the sorcerer had nothing to do with that. That's what was happening in the barn. Okay. Um, the sorcerer. The sorcerer that was living in the house was a very, very evil man. And I oh. don't remember everything that I was seeing in the scribing bowl, but I, was, um, I saw the sorcerer literally in the scribing, in the scribing bowl as well as other, other people and other things. Mm-hmm. Um, and whatever, whether, whether he wanted his privacy, whether he didn't want anybody knowing what he was up to, I have no idea. They didn't mm-hmm. want anybody clearing them out because once you know who they are, you have power over them to clear them out if you do it properly. I don't know the motive, but the fact that I was reading it and giving him the information basically, basically channeled him into me, and he attacked me for it. How awful. Um, oh, and like my I goodness. Said, if I had known, I would, have, I would have protected myself better, and that's what people need to understand about protection. Um, you know, even if you're meditating, you open yourself up for good and evil. So you need to make sure that you're protecting yourself from evil at all times. Because there's evil all around us, always, believe me. Oh, you know, yeah. I remember when I first started, and I had the big epiphany that there's a war in this world between good and evil. And then I just realized, guess what? It's been going on for thousands of years. Not new. It's just new to me. <laughs> well, yeah. And, you know, it's it's so important to know how to protect yourself. But... How would you have done it differently? What would you have done to increase the I, I would have done I would have done a salt circle, first of all, with myself inside of it. I would have blessed it with holy water. I would have made sure that I had um, my, my cross that was blessed with me. Um, and I would have asked the angels again to come in and protect me prior to looking at this picture and reading it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's many, so you, there's many more layers of protection. Right. Um, Do you use when you're dealing sage with, or cedar or anything like that as a smudging uh, technique yeah, to but clear that's the not, air? That's not for protection. Yeah, but that's not for protection. Okay. I live in a very old home. My home was built in 1840, and mm-hmm. it was one of the oldest homes in the country built as a duplex. And the man that built the house, his last name was Wood, and I live on the corner of Wood Street. And his first wife had passed. He had children with her, and he remarried and had children with his second wife. Well, his second wife did not get along with the children from his first wife. And when he died, he literally flipped the property down the center of the duplex, down the middle of the backyard and the middle of the privy, which was the outhouse back then, and he designated what rooms his ex-wife was allowed, his widow was allowed to go into into the house because she didn't get along with his other kids. <clears throat> well, I moved into my duplex three years ago. Before that, it had always been rental property for me. And about a month after, not even a month, probably three weeks, two, three weeks after I moved in, I was sitting in my living room having a bite to eat in front of the TV. And I live on a main road. 
and I literally thought a car had hit the front of my house and come into my living room. Oh it was goodness. that bad and that loud. So I got up, and I walked into my dining room, and I have a hutch that is 12 feet long. And the middle shelf, the middle section of my house, uh, of the hutch, are glass shelves that are 8 feet long, and they're a good half-inch thick. And they're heavy, and they're not moving. Okay? Mm-hmm. Well, the pin, the back pin that holds the shelf up had been pulled completely out. The shelf dropped, and all my crystal from the top shelf was falling down and smashing onto the second shelf and breaking oh. all that crystal. Oh, no. And it weighed so much, it was all I could do to lift the shelf and try to keep taking the crystal and putting it on the, the dining room table as it's smashing. I lost <gasps> thousands of dollars with the crystal. Thousands. Oh. And as perplexed as, I, perplexed as I was, it didn't register at that moment, okay? Mm-hmm. About three or four days later, I had a glass of wine with my dinner. I washed the glass. I put it in the windowsill above the sink. The next morning, I get up to make my coffee. I'm looking at the glass. And it had a ring around the top of the glass. You know, when you have like a milk ring or something on the top of a glass that you didn't Mm -hmm. wash. (coughs) I'm like, I thought I washed that glass. And I went to pick it up, and the whole top of the glass came off like it was cut with a glass cutter an inch down. (gasps) Oh, no. And still, I'm like, that's really bizarre. I said, I've never seen anything happen like that. I mean, that's a weird defect in a a glass, right? Mm Mm-hmm. So, fast forward another week later, I do the same thing. This time I didn't wash the glass, and I did put it on the side of the sink. And again, the next morning I get up, and the same thing. I I look at it, I'm like, no. Sure enough, I go to lift it, and the top of the glass, again, is cut an inch around like it was a glass cutter and came right off the top of the glass. And and it's a different glass, so I'm like, then then it clicked. I'm like, son of a bitch. I said, I want to know who did this. I want you to show yourself now. Who shows up? The guy's widow and three children in tow with her. Uh, Two boys and a little girl, 10, 12, and three. I'm like, you did this? She goes, and so now she's telling me that, um, first of all, she doesn't think I should be drinking. She doesn't believe in alcohol. Okay, oh. um, this is like way even way before prohibition, right? Because this is the 1800s, right? Yeah. <laughs> but she doesn't believe in alcohol, so this is so. I, and I said, to, I said, did you do that to my hutch, to my crystal? And she was jealous. She did it because she was jealous. <gasps> like you, son of a bitch. I'm like, yeah. you don't live here anymore. This is my house. So I saged the whole place. And I got her out of here. However, sage is not a permanent, it doesn't permanently get them out. And she's not a lower vibrational entity. I don't think she's stuck here. She comes mm-hmm. and goes. Okay. And most people that are in the light come and go. I have a portal in my attic that they come and go from. Mm-hmm. So whenever she feels like coming back here, she does. <laughs> and I know when she's back here because first my dog will start acting up. And then something will happen. I was brushing my teeth in my bathroom probably about six months ago. 
And the medicine cabinet is all mirrors. It's very, very heavy. And it's on the wall with huge brackets. There's no way this thing is moving, okay? Yeah. As I'm brushing my teeth, this thing pulled off the wall and fell on me. Oh. Yeah. It, yeah. Was I, it her it again? Weighs, yes, absolutely. Probably weighs 30 oh. pounds. Yeah. Yep. Oh, and when I ever saw how kind of power. Wall, they have a lot of power. Absolutely. That's why I said ghosts can kill you. Don't think they don't. You need to respect them. And if you don't and know what you're doing, especially because with them, she was jealous of you having a good life and having these beautiful whole, crystals. This, yeah, this is, this is her whole issue that she still feels like this is her house and I don't belong here, and she's pissed. So I have to sage my house, you know, probably about eh, every couple of weeks. I do it. Um, mm-hmm. If I have somebody over that's got negative energy, I'll do it again. But just to keep her at bay, I do it every few weeks. Okay. And people have to understand when they stage, you have to get under the bed. You have to get behind the doors. The spirits, they hide. Okay? They hide from you. Mm-hmm. They know you're coming, right. and they hide anywhere they can. Uh, oh. But I ended up, I, I was uh, working with a paranormal group out of Connecticut called Ghost Prowlers. Mm-hmm. And... I, I kept getting um, emails through my website from this woman that lived in Hartford, Connecticut. And she had a demon in her house that oh boy. Um, she, didn't know, she didn't realize it was a demon, but I knew it was a demon. And she had moved nine times in seven years. Every time she moved, it followed her. And it was attacking, it was attacking her mother. It pulled her... Um, it pulled her husband right out of bed in the middle of the night by his feet. It was attacking her son and biting him. And she was beside herself, and I couldn't find anybody to help her. So I finally got ghost crawlers to go up with me so that they could um, do an investigation at the same time that I did the house clearing. And they lived in a three-family. Actually, it was, it was uh, New Haven, Connecticut. Mm-hmm. Um, and I told her, I said, I have to have access to the entire house. Because if I don't, and you leave anything that you don't sage and you don't get rid of, that's when they're going to hide. So when you oh, sage gosh. your house, you need to do it top to bottom. There's no, so you can't just do one floor because they're going to go to the other floor. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so as soon as I got to the house, you know, I could feel everything that was going on. It was just crazy town. And we walked into the living room, and they started putting down there. They have little pods that make all the noises when they're detecting energy and uh, started recording things. And <laughs> She brought her son in, um, and as she lifted his shirt up to show us the bite marks on his back, mm-hmm. we're watching bite marks form. Ah. We're watching being bit while, we're, while he's standing there. How yeah. awful. Uh, it was terrible. So we had the kids leave the house. Um, and the only people that were in the house was, you know, the mother, um, the paranormal investigators and myself, and we went room to room. So I let them know right off the bat, you know, they put them on the, they put their little EMS detectors or something on the living room floor. I said, it's all in the basement. For the most part, we got, we got a basement full. Mm-hmm. So I left it there for a minute. We went into the first bedroom. She said, we can't sleep in here. She goes, my, my son was sleeping in here. My husband, my husband was sleeping in here one night. He fell asleep. And he was pulled off the bed by his feet. She goes, and it stinks in here like somebody died. And it, oh, you could smell it was rancid. It was really bad. 
So when I went in the room, um, I was confronted by a man in his late 20s, and he actually died in the room of a heroin overdose. And he didn't want to leave. He was afraid to to leave because, Mm -hmm. yep, he thought his mother, he thought he let his mother down, and his mother was going to be really angry with him. And his mother had since passed. He had died in the 70s in that room. And I was able to bring his mom through from the light to bring him into the light and get him out of there. Oh, and immediately great. the smell dissipated. Everything dissipated immediately. You could, just, you could tell it was gone. Excellent. Now, I mean, this house was loaded. Now we go into the next room, the middle bedroom. And she says, my daughter keeps seeing um, an old woman in here. So I'm like, yep, <laughs> absolutely. There is an old woman in here. <clears throat> so she didn't want to leave the room. And I, she was not very nice, so I kind of backed out of the room, and I figured I'd go back in there in a few minutes, and I went around the rest of the apartment. Well, in the kitchen, there was a little girl about seven or eight years old hiding in the bottom of the kitchen closet, and she was afraid because there was a man pacing back and forth on the kitchen. Oh. Well, I ended up talking to the man pacing back and forth, who was very angry, and I gave them his name, and I no sooner gave them his name, and they had one of these devices that talks, and it, it spelled out his name right after I'd said it. Oh, perfect. Um, they're, they're getting the same confirmation that I'm getting. And apparently it was the little girl's father. He had been a hitman. And the, his daughter was the little girl that was in the closet, and she witnessed her father killing someone for the Irish mob. And he was going to kill his daughter, and he did, because she oh. had seen it. And she could have, oh. she would have ended up giving him away, and he would have gone to prison for it. So she killed us. How and horrible. The oh, woman, the woman that was in the middle room was the woman's, she was the man's mother and the little girl's grandmother. And she wouldn't come out of the room because she was scared to death of her son, who was pacing back and forth, scaring the, the, the granddaughter that was in the closet on the floor. So I could not move him on at all, um, mm-hmm. but I was able to get him out of the house. And I oh. was able to get, the to get the granddaughter out of the kitchen closet and move the two of them into the light. They moved on. How did you get him out of the house? You said you couldn't move him into the light, but you did kick him out of the house. How did you do that? Oh, I basically told him that he couldn't stay there anymore. And I used holy water and sage, and I used a cross, and I told him that he just could not be in the house any longer. If he didn't want to go into the light, he has to get out of the house. And he left. It's all about being more powerful than they are. Yeah. <laughs> you can't question power. Um, so the next thing that happened was, um, we went upstairs to the second floor. And as we're going up there, I'm hearing, some, I'm hearing a woman, like, singing. And as we get up there, there was a, a, a little Italian lady, like, in the kitchen, at the stove, cooking away. <laughs> and I'm like, do you know that you don't have to cook anymore? <laughs> yeah, really. Give it a rest. You know, your family... <laughs> Yeah, your family isn't here anymore. You really don't have to be here. And she's like, I, I, I don't? I'm like, no, your, family, your family's all gone. I said, they're waiting for you in the light, and I was able to move her on. Well, in the meantime, um, I ran into a, a demon on the first floor. And as I'm trying to clear everything out, 
I followed him up to the second floor. And now I'm chasing him from room to room. Okay. And, and what did he did you have a sense of what he looked like? I mean, how does a demon look different from demons, a regular spirit are, that you see? Demons are black. They're bl- they are charcoal they are the blackest black you've ever seen. They're just black figures. That's all they are. Um, they don't have faces. They're black. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're deep, deep black. It's like a hole. And I chased him into a bedroom, and I'm telling him that I'm from the light, and I have the angels with me, and he can't stay here. It's all about being more powerful from them and bringing, you know, bringing the light and bringing the angels and bringing love and bringing God, and that's the only way you're going to get a demon out. You have mm-hmm. to be more powerful. Because if you're afraid of them at all, you're done. And I'm, I'm chasing him from room to room, and I can hear him swearing at me and growling at me. And I'm like, don't you growl at me. Don't you talk <laughs> to me that way. Now, mind you, this is all being recorded in film, on audio and video by the paranormal group, right? Oh, now, yeah. they don't hear what I'm hearing at all, right? No. So I take them up into the attic. And they start playing back the recorder, and they can hear the growls on the recorder. Well, now they're getting a little afraid because it's real. Now, when they play that back and they could hear it, now it's suddenly real, okay? So we go up into the attic, and the entire attic was full of um, Italian immigrants. Oh. And they were hiding up there. And, you know, the demon was up there. And the demon was trying to control them and tell them that they can't, you know, he has power. That's where he's feeding off his power is from their fear. And I moved them all into the light. So he wasn't very happy of that. I'm like, you you don't listen to him. I said, you know, your family's awaiting for you. This isn't where you belong. And I moved them into the light. And he moved into the next, you know, he ran across the hallway into another room. Well, don't you know the room was locked and I couldn't get into the room. (gasps) And I told the woman originally that I needed to get into every room in this yeah. tenement. Because if not, I can't get him out of there. She's like, oh, exactly. it's my daughter's room. She left, got the key, blah, blah. I said, well, I can't. He's going to be in there. But all I can do is tell you what to do when he gets home, you know, when your daughter gets home with the key. But if you're unable to do it, then unfortunately I've wasted my time because he's going to just come out of the room and attack you again. <laughs> But we also had gone into the basement, which I had left out and forgot about the basement, um, uh-huh. <laughs> before we went to the upstairs. And we went into the basement, and that's when I originally encountered the demon in the basement. And the basement was full of Irish immigrants, loaded with Irish immigrants. Oh, my. And same, I mean, they were there before the demon came, because the demon came attached to the family. Uh-huh. But he was using them... To feed off of their fear to make him more powerful, and oh, I could same thing. They could they could hear him um, growling, and they could hear the people on the tape when they recorded it in the background. As I'm telling them that don't listen to him; he's just trying to scare you, and he's evil, and you need to go into the light. And I was able to move. There must have been a hundred people in the basement, and moved them all into the light. Oh, fantastic. Gosh, um, that house really got emptied it, out. <laughs> it, it did. Every, everyone else that was in there, I was able to move on, which was great. Um, but they, they did end up um, letting the demon back out into the family again. And the, the demon had attached itself to both the grandmother and one of the daughters 
um, the grandmother had dementia and mm-hmm. um, was men- you know wasn't mentally all there, and she could see the demon constantly, um, and it was scaring the heck out of her. And again, they're feeding off of that. And the daughter had Down syndrome, and it's the same thing. They feed off of, you know, they 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 aren't jaded, so they can see things that other people ignore. You know, yeah. it's like. Um, it's a, it's like a cat or a dog. Their eyes are not shaped like ours, so mm-hmm. they see things in a different dimension than we do. Right. Um, and, you know, I don't know if that's the case with my eyes or what the deal is, but, I mean, I see things that other people don't see, whether yeah. they're ignoring them or they're not seeing I don't know. But a lot of mm-hmm. children are the same thing. Children can usually see um, what adults aren't seeing. So if your child is telling you that they're seeing something, Believe it. Yeah. Uh, my middle son had had uh, an invisible friend for the better part of his life growing up named Urfie. And we used to always bust him up about Urfie. Well, I'm sure Urfie was, you know, a ghost child that was his friend. They followed us mm. from house to house. Um, now, so don't discount it. because Right. Ghosts. And also, I mean, how do you know if your child has a friend who's from the light or a child has a friend who's not? How can you tell? You know, I, I don't think your child. It. I don't think your child is ever going to have a friend from the light, okay? Because mm-hmm. unless it's a relative of yours and they're telling you they're seeing grandma or they're seeing, seeing papa or something like that, assume that it's not. Assume that it's dangerous. Because more so often you would than not, want to banish. Dangerous. Would you banish something like that? Then you'd tell it to leave. Well, what you have to understand is when you are cleansing a home, you're only allowing anything that's coming in that's from the light. You know, when I say to house, only love and light is available. So only only entities that are coming from the light are available to come in. Anything mm-hmm. that is a dark entity or that is lower vibrational and stuck here, a ghost, is not allowed. They have to leave. See, that's great. So you take a really strong stand. And you direct the space, you decide who gets to stay, who gets to go. And I think that's really important when people are dealing with these kinds of uh, experiences in their own homes, that being afraid well, it's, it's is just thing. feeding into it. Absolutely. That's what lower vibrational entities live off the fear. And it's the same thing as in mediumship <coughs> uh, well, with your psychic abilities. You're always in charge. You know, you are always in charge of who you want to talk to, who you don't want to talk to, when you're working, when you're not working, when you want to have them come through. Um, You just have to take control. That's how it works. And that's what I had to learn because as a child I didn't know that. And now, you know, we have guardians. We have guardians and guides on the other side that are there to help you on this side. And um, my gatekeeper is well aware of, when I'm working, people can come through. When I'm not working, they aren't allowed unless it's an emergency. And I've only had um, a couple of souls that have come through to me that my guardian felt were emergencies. And they were both friends, um, loved ones that had passed. And, you know, they came to me because there was a problem. And it was an emergency. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That, oh, my goodness. You can't have now, you, you mentioned. You mentioned the Pleiadian that you've encountered and you know uh, yep. quite well. What about other extraterrestrials? Have you had experiences with other races of extraterrestrials? 
The only other experience that I've had is um, I have been able to discern when um, a human body is being taken over by another entity, an alien entity. Um, And I've only witnessed that two or three times. And it's really pretty bizarre. They're extremely psychic, so they know that I know what I'm seeing um, and we're conversing psychically, but they're not comfortable in the human body that they've taken over. You know, if you watch Men in Black, there's probably a lot more truth to that than people realize. You know? Oh, no kidding. Um, so they're not comfortable in the human body. So what does yeah. it look like when you see something like that? Um, they're awkward. They're just very awkward. And because I have the abilities that I have, it's almost like they recognize me before I recognize them. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's only happened two or three times, and I've and been out what, in public. What's and the purpose of them doing that? Why would they take over a human body? That I have no idea. Um, I've never asked them or delved into that. Or, but what I have happens no to idea. the person in the body? Are they ejected, or do they have to kind of move over, no. make room for them? Well, I, I, I think it has to be very similar to when a demon takes over someone's body. Your soul mm-hmm. is still stuck and trapped in the body but the demon is in control. And it's the same thing when people get attachments. You know, there are evil attachments, and, there are, um, and they're looking for bodies because they don't have one. So I always tell everyone that I know, wear a cross, wear a religious symbol, wear something. Because mm-hmm. if you're out at like a bar, okay, that they love to go to bars because your vibration is lower. And if they're looking for a body to go into as an attachment. They go after the ones that they don't see any type of religious paraphernalia on because it's, a, you know, they figure that it's, a, it's an easy in, okay? You're not going to mm-hmm. fight them because you're not very religious, okay? If they see a religious symbol, they'll just go on to the next person. But oh. I've known a few people that have had some very serious demonic attachments. And you know that something's not right. You know that something, it it almost feels like there's something inside of you, okay? Um, I know one guy that um, he he took over his mother's house, and he used to see this black entity in the basement, and his wife would see the black entity in the basement. In fact, it's still there. They still own the house. But it ended up attaching to him, okay, because he was an alcoholic. So it attached oh, to him, and it uh-huh. took over. It took over his body. It took over his body, and his wife was like, "You could see it in his eyes. His eyes were like wild. You couldn't talk to him. Constantly fighting, arguing. In the middle of the night, he grabbed her by the throat and tried to choke her. Oh my god! Um, she wouldn't even sleep. She wouldn't sleep with him anymore. She would sleep in another room with the door locked. She was afraid of him because he was completely taken over by this entity. It was a demonic entity, and he told me that he realized at one point what it was and he literally his wife said he stayed in bed for three solid days and she thought he was just really really sick and he said no i was fighting it he just fight he said i knew i was fighting for my life at that point and i fought it off well he went to the catholic church as soon as he was able to fight it off and he talked to the priest and he told him what happened 
And when he told the priest his address, the priest told him that his mother, now remember, his mother used to own this house. Right. Used to have him go, his mother used to have him go out and bless that house every month. He said, because there's something in the basement. Oh. And there, and, and since he fought it off and it is not in his body any longer, it is still in the house and in the basement. He said, and his wife is like, you know, I, I, I have all the lights on. He go, she goes, and still, you can feel it. If you turn the lights off and it's dark, you can still see it in the corner because it's darker than dark. She goes, but I don't go down there for anything other than to throw the laundry in and take the laundry out, and that's it. Um, but the, he started getting the priest back out to the house once a month to bless the house and bless the basement. But they haven't been able to remove it. Hmm. I don't know why. Yeah, I don't know I if guess you know, so. had somebody try it. I have no idea. I wasn't going to offer because at that point in time, I was rather inexperienced. And yeah. I, believe me, I'm not running out to chase demons around. You know, I had to do a lot of soul searching and talk to my angels on the other side who assured me that they would protect me and they would be with me. And actually, um, <coughs> the, um, oh, what are their names from uh, Connecticut, from the, um, the haunting. The Warren. Um, the Warren. Thank you. Um, I channeled for Judy, which is their daughter. I brought Ed through when Lorraine was still alive, and he actually offered to help me with any type of demonic activity if I had to ever do that again. That he would be there with me and, and guide me. Oh, good. Which I thought was really amazing. Yeah, I mean, you know, we all need, if we're going to take something like that on, then I would imagine we need an army. You know, we need support. We need other other people on the well, other side. Well, you have the whole other side. Of the whole other side. But yeah. if, you, if you falter at all in your power, then you're in big trouble because, you know, the only thing that can take out a demon is, you know, the spirit, you know, angels and yeah. spirit and gods from the other side. Yeah, that's the only thing that's more powerful. I have a lot of Wiccans that um, used to contact me that have attachments, and they couldn't get rid of the demon in their house or the attachments, and they would wonder why they were just pissing it off when they're doing their little, you know, their spells and their things like that, because they don't believe in God. They have no power over a demon, none at all. Oh. So that doesn't work very well. That's it. No, it doesn't. <laughs> Nope. In fact, the last one that contacted me ended up uh, having Chip Coffee come in. You know who Chip Coffee is? Yes. Chip Coffee was one of the original uh, paranormal. He used to work with the kids on TV. Yes. Um, yes. But the last, yeah, one of the last ones that contacted me, I explained to her that, you know, you have to get someone in there who's religious that's going to be able to remove it for you because you don't believe in God. You don't have any power over it. That's why you're pissing it off. And she knew somebody that knew Chip Coffee, so Chip Coffee went over and uh, removed it for her. Oh, well, that's good. At least I got rid of it. But, yeah, yeah. these things, yeah. like you said, even regular, even spirits that aren't demons can have tremendous power and be dangerous. So, I mean, you you bring up they a can. really interesting they... point about all of this. Yeah, you have to be careful. And they hang around places like bars. I used to own a bar. And I used to sage it every week, and I had um, dishes of holy water at every entrance. 
And it was mm-hmm. interesting because you, you would see people, couples coming up to the door ready to come in. And as soon as they hit the point with the holy water, they would stop dead in their tracks, turn around and walk back out. <laughs> really? And what was it that made them do that? Holy water absorbs negative energy. Mm-hmm. And if you can't, you know, I think I salted the doors too, for entrances. They can't cross it. They don't want to cross it. They don't want to be in, in that atmosphere. So they would just turn around and walk back out. And I had a bartender that took pictures one night in the bar because she was very sensitive and she saw an orb go through. Well, she took pictures randomly. And looking out the front windows, we can picture, we can count, I think we counted 18 entities looking in the window because they couldn't get into the bar. But they were all pressed up against the glass. They were all pressed up against the glass wanting to come in. Um, and that that's what's is. outside. I mean, if, if people could see a, an episode of The Walking Dead, and if they actually could yeah. see that, that's what it's like. You know, they're now, out there hanging around everywhere. Now, would you recommend to people with some concerns about that that they do the same thing, that they put holy water at every entrance? Um, if you've got something negative, absolutely. You know, especially in areas, see, in an area that you can't really sage well, um, mm-hmm. And you have so many people coming in and out like that, like if it was an office building um, or a business, then yes, I would recommend putting the holy water at the entrances. And you'll notice (coughs) in the same atmosphere, if you had, you know, if you had uh, three entrances and you had a cup of holy water at each one, a little bowl of holy water at each one, you'll notice that it doesn't evaporate at the same rate in all three of those because it, it evaporates basically, it's absorbing uh, the negativity of people that are coming in. So, it, you know, if it's more people that are negative coming in one end than the other, it disappears faster. Isn't that you interesting? You have to keep refilling it, it. Now, here's a question that just came in to me uh, via text. They want to know, where do you get your holy water? Um, I am lucky enough to live by um, La Salette Shrine, which is a Catholic shrine in Attleboro. And they have a five-gallon cistine of holy water that's in the hallway, and you can just go fill up your gallon of gallon jug. They don't ask. Take all you'd like. Um, your only other option would be to get a gallon of water and just bring it to a priest and ask them to, to bless it for you. And can you bless your own? I always have own? a gallon of holy water. No, you can't. It has to be done by a Catholic priest has to be done by a Catholic priest. Okay, that's the question they wanted that's, to have answered. It's, it's, it's the most powerful water, and I'm not Catholic. I'm not religious, but, you know, when you start dealing with demons, Catholic Church has been around for centuries. They're afraid of it, so it has no power over them. So I make sure that everything that I have, even, you know, the, the necklaces that I wear, the crosses that I use when I'm uh, cleansing a house, everything I have, blessed by a Catholic priest because it has more power. Well, that's and amazing prayers, that it works that well. Gosh. Most, most of the prayers that I say when I'm cleansing or removing something, again, <coughs> they're, you know, they're, they're prayers from the Bible. Prayers work because of the cadence. It has to do with the vibration. You know, it's not every word has a vibration. So, for instance, when you say the word, I am, the vibration of the words I am are the exact same vibration of the word God. So 
every word has a specific vibration, and that's why it works. And also, some of all of these prayers are pretty well-worn pathways. You know, they're well-worn connections to the divine, so it does make sense well, that you would use that. Yeah, because of the vibration. If everything right. is vibration, everything's energy. Yes, exactly. That's what, that's what exactly. It, you know, it's the, old, it's the old joke. If a if a tree falls in the wood and no one's around, does it make a sound? It yeah. does not. It makes vibra- right. It makes a vibration. Vibration. Sound yeah. is something that you would have to have to convert that vibration into a noise. It makes a vibration. Well, Everything. June, this has been just fascinating listening to all of your experience. I'm sure just a portion, a small portion of your experiences tonight. But you're also a relationship coach. I wanted to give you an opportunity to tell people a little bit about that and also how to find you on the Internet. So. Uh, what kind sure. of services that you offer. So why don't you talk about that a little? Sure. So the biggest thing that I do is I work with one person in the relationship to be able to heal the whole relationship. Every, because everything in the world is energy, it only takes one person to balance the energy out in a relationship and repair the relationship. <laughs> it doesn't take two people like everybody thinks. It takes one because for every action there's a reaction. And that's what people's power is, and they don't understand that. And when you change the way you do things, other people have no choice but to change because the same old thing doesn't work. So I've had success with thousands of couples just working with one person in the relationship to change the entire dynamic um, and have the relationship that you deserve because everybody deserves to be happy. Everybody deserves to be in love. Um, and you can't change another person. They change because they have to or they want to. So when I change one person, everything else changes. That's very um, exciting. So you work yeah, with so, people on, on that, and they can find uh, this information on your website? Everything's on the website, juneedward.com, no S, uh, just juneedward.com. You can schedule me and you can book online, and if you're interested in any of the relationship information, it's in the middle of the main page on the website, and you can sign up for a free webinar um, to learn a little bit about how energy works, and then you can schedule a complimentary call with me to see if you're a good fit for the program. Um, it's a seven-week course. Nothing. There's no magic wand for anything. Um, everything takes time. People didn't get dysfunctional overnight, so it takes a little while to fix it. <laughs> That's right. And you're yep. also offering uh, readings, so and you have a list of different readings that you're available for, which they can also find on the website. So yep, uh, I, yep. Go ahead, because I, I know def- you have several uh, different kinds of readings you offer. It's very interesting. Yeah, I do a lot of different types of things that most people don't do, like the Destiny cards, uh, which is a regular deck of playing cards. It's all numerology and astrology combined, and they're extremely accurate. Did we do your Destiny cards? I think we may have. I don't remember. I'm going to have to go back and and go over that, go over my notes. I don't know if we did. I don't remember, but that's what our calendar is based off of, is the regular deck of playing cards, believe it or not, the Gregorian calendar that we use. There's 52 cards in the deck. There's 52 weeks in the year. If you add them up numerically, they come to 364 and add your joker in, and and that is your uh, 365 days in your leap year. Um, You have four seasons. You have four suits. 
You have the red and the black signifying the day and the night. You have 13 moon cycles. You have 13 court, court cards. And everyone's life breaks down into 13-year cycles, seven-year cycles, seven-week cycles, seven-day cycles, and yearly cycles. Um, so well, those knowledge cards is very, power. So if you can, you know, is. I want to encourage people to contact you because you do great readings and you have a lot at your fingertips. Not only are you great psychic medium, but you have these other tools that really back up what you're, what you're saying. So I want to encourage people to, to do a reading with you. I think they'll be very happy. And if you have a relationship issue, then definitely talk to June about that and see what she can offer to help you. But, June, this has been, again, such a wonderful evening with you. Really appreciate your time coming on the show. Again, to find June, you're going to go to June Edward, no S, just JuneEdward.com. And also, feel free to pick up her books, A Night on the Other Side, and Dancing with the Universe, The Making of a Medium. So, June, I hope you'll come back again. I know you've got more exciting paranormal stories to share. Because <laughs> oh, yes. I know you I mentioned you were at the Conjuring House also, and you found that to be extremely oh, yes. haunted. Oh, yes. Oh, absolutely. So, oh, absolutely. Gonna, yeah, I couldn't yeah. even get it. I couldn't even get across the street. It was that bad. It's yeah, that bad. It's so land. we got to have you back to talk about that and some of these other places that you've been to that are so fascinating but so frightening. <laughs> but I'm glad you have all the <laughs> skills and tools that you do so that you can handle it, and just a wealth of information. Thank you so much for sharing it all with us tonight. Next week Very we'll welcome. be back again. And we will have another great show. And hopefully it's going to be the answers from Covert Disclosure. We've been waiting a long time. I know his answers will not disappoint. So be sure to join us, everybody. And thanks again, June. Everyone be safe. We'll talk to you next week. See you on the Blue Highway. Good night. Good night. Thanks for listening. Tune in next week for another radio adventure with Supernatural.